It's the old Doctor Who show, episode number 56, Attack of the Cybermen. Go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine. You couldn't control my mind before, and you certainly can't control it now. Would you like a jelly, baby? The TARDIS, when working properly, is capable of many amazing things. Because the Welcome back to the old Doctor Who show, your classic tri-weekly Doctor Who review podcast. Uh, I am Eric. And I am Dan. And we're hosting this little shebang. Yeah, we're back after a wonderful three weeks uh, where I was in a fever delirium for at least a third of it. Um, funny anecdote there, I watched the Doctor Who show that we're going to review while uh, running 102 fevers. So oh, well. I'm, I'm hoping that uh, the reality of what I saw matches uh, what you saw, so we will see how that goes. But aside from that, how are you doing, Dan? I'm doing all right. Uh, sorry if the audio quality is a little different here, but I'm up in Vermont and forgot to bring a microphone. So yeah, you are you. Uh, I'm recording Vermont this. A lot. So are you doing skiing or uh, are yeah, you snowed we got in l- at this point? A little bit of snow. Did some skiing. Just hanging out and getting away from uh, the hustle and bustle. Sounds what about you, Eric? Is. How is everything going in your world besides? Well, you know, as I said, I was fevers. sick. So yeah, I had like this. This crazy thing where, I guess it wasn't the flu. I thought it was going to be the flu. I didn't have any flu symptoms, so there's no runny noses or stomach things or whatever. It's just all of a sudden, my body started to hurt, and then my skin was burning to, like, the touch. I was like, that's not a normal thing. Leprosy? But I I didn't feel, like, sick. I just felt like, that was weird. If you touch me, it hurts. And I was like, oh, am I I molting? Like, is is, uh, the skin going to come off? And then feathers will, beautiful plumage will appear. And I'll finally turn into the uh, pretty person I think I was born to be. (laughs) Wasn't the case. And then all of a sudden, I got a... I, I ended up having, like, a crazy night's sleep where I was freezing. So I was putting all these blankets on. And then I saw the outline of the blankets... As like a wireframe, like I could see the geometric shapes of uh, everything around me, and then the room, and I was like in my head, and I could see sort of the built the source code of the universe, which is how I was sort of seeing it. And I was like, oh, okay, I understand. This is a simulation, and I can see <laughs> parts of it. And then immediately I was like way hot, and then I took my temperature, and I was, as I said, like 102. Uh, and then that went on for a few. I guess three days, I three or four days, I had a temperature. That's pretty high. Well, 102 was the peak. Uh, you know, it was like 100, 101, around there. But no other symptoms. Like flu, flu, typical flu symptoms. So I don't know what I had. Uh, but I think I'm finally through it now. So that was last week, and now I'm, I'm better. Holy also running crap. that Kickstarter, which we talked about, ends today. It won't end while we're recording it, but it'll end a few hours after. So if you haven't backed it, it's too late. Thanks for nothing. <laughs> but if you did back it, then you're yeah, going to get a mess of cool stuff. Yeah, and the, the, the Kickstarter was successful, so we are able to color at least one book. I don't know if we're going to hit the uh, stretch goal, which would have covered two books, but you know, any money over that's going to go towards the next issue. Awesome. So it's all good. Uh, any Doctor Who news? Do we just jump into the review? Because I'm, I'm just wondering if there there was a new... Was there a new trailer? There was a, the new a logo was, was shown, which is Oh, I love the nice. new logo. Yeah. I really like the new logo. logo. I think... I wasn't always a huge fan. Actually, I don't... I never liked any of the new logos. Yeah. Except for the last one. I like the... The police you know, box the one? it looks like a TARDIS. Yeah. The first one, like the Russell T. Davies, like that dated oval with the doctor like i always thought that that looked very corny yeah you know what i'm talking about that first the initial logo so i'm i am very happy with the new look of it i think it's a really well designed logo so i'm excited yeah i think it looks fine i mean but there's you know i'd rather just the show start oh by the way i did go back because uh i just wanted to uh, we were talking about how um Reminiscent this doctor is of Capaldi in certain ways. Just come back around again and, and how much I, I tend to not really like the beginning of the Capaldi um, uh, era. 
and how much you loved the Robin Hood episode. And I hated it. Hated, 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 hated it. So I went back and watched it again. And it's... Did you still no, hate it? it's actually okay. I think it's just yeah, at so the time I wanted something different from Capaldi. And I, I mean, he's still a bit... I don't know. I think he was still kind of figuring out what that character was going to be. But it wasn't as, as yeah, horrible I as time, I thought. Right. I think time will be kinder to that period. Although, I, again, I think we both agree on sort of wanting a change. So we're happy to sort of move away from the uh, Stephen Moffat error and into a yeah, new error. Yeah, we're, we're not ready to get rid of... Against Stephen Moffat, I'm just we're ready yeah. for, for new, for no, new s- stuff. No Sonic um, sunglasses and guitars. That would be great. That's all yeah, I'm asking for. But enough about new oh, stuff, Dan. Right. Let's talk about old stuff. Oh, my God. Let's do it. Let's, uh, which, let's talk about the peak of Doctor Who's... Uh, <laughs> Long history. Yeah, this the is Colin the Zenith. Baker years. Right here. Everyone uh, universally started... agrees that this is the best era of classic Doctor Who. Oh, by yeah, far. Clearly. That's, Top that's... of the charts. So let's let's uh, jump into so this. Hit the button gem. and let's Yeah, hit the button and let's get into uh the business. The attack of the Cybermen. Keep it in. What are you doing? Something I should have done a long time ago. Repair the chameleon circuit. What? The TARDIS, when working properly, is capable of many amazing things. Not unlike myself. One of its functions is that it can change shape to blend perfectly with the surrounding environment. I see. Not yet, you don't. I wonder why I didn't do it before. Look, Doctor, do you really think you're up to this? I mean, you've only recently regenerated, and, and, and yet you've undertaken so much work. Well, what I really mean to say is you still seem a, a little unstable. Unstable? 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 This is me, Perry. At this very moment, I am as stable as you will ever see me. Oh, dear. You must forget how I used to be. I'm a Time Lord, a man of... Science, temperament, and passion. And a very loud voice. This is Attack of the Cybermen, Dan. Uh, this is the first serial of season 22. Lucky season 22. <laughs> I don't know why that's funny. Uh, it, it aired in 1985. And I don't know about you, but I feel like we've been trapped in the 84, 85. Like, there shouldn't be this many stories. Yeah. Uh, within these two years, but here we are, still in '85. Only the beginning of '85. Like we pretty much were in '84 for three for years, at least the last, yeah. yeah, 15 years of this podcast. All right, this is written by Paula Moore. Uh, that's in quotes because no one's really sure who wrote uh, this story. There's think, a lot of theories. I think three people are pretty sure who wrote this story. At least. I get, well, some people say it's Eric Seward, who's the script editor, and he wrote most of it, and there's rules that you can't be an editor and write your own, you can't edit your own story. So to circumvent that, uh, He wrote it with Paula Woolsey. Yeah, but then some people say that she didn't Paula really. Woolsey, who's credited, didn't actually write it. So it Ian Levine was, had some cares? contributions. I, whatever, it doesn't matter. Right. I mean, it, it does you, matter you, because you this story. You yourself can figure out who wrote it. Uh, it doesn't Don't matter. get to the review yeah, yet. Yeah, I'm just saying. Okay. Go for uh, it. This is directed by uh, Matthew Robinson of the uh, Swiss Family fame. Treehouse Robinsons. Yep. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what else that he had done. I th- oh no, he did uh, Resurrection of the Daleks, which has which acts as a yeah. uh, part one to this essentially. Yeah, a little bridge. We, yeah, which is one of the reasons why we did this. Is a listener had told us because I think at the end of that story. Yeah. Uh, the resurrection of the Daleks, we were like, oh, what's going to happen to the cop? And, like, we're, yeah. you know, do we ever find out? And certainly we do. We sure do. In this story. Yeah. Uh, so the doctor is lured uh, to the London sewers and discovers a Cyberman plot to use time travel to divert Halley's Comet uh, into the Earth, thus destroying the Earth and preventing the Earth from destroying the Cyberman's homeworld. Also, there's a race of nail-drying silver ladies with cold hearts and warm eyes. Uh, Dan, what did you think of this part two of what I'm calling (laughs) the uh, how many have to die uh, storyline? This is is popularly Uh, known as as the Lytton Chronicles, uh, these two stories together. 
Um, just made that up. What, what did you think of uh, Attack of the Cybermen, Dan? I thought overall there were a lot of good ideas overwhelmed by a whole bunch of bad ones. So, Go on. Yeah. Um, so, okay. I, I think that there was just too... There were too many things going on, too many different plot points that were happening simultaneously, so there's a lot of cutting between them, where some of them just didn't pay off, and they just weren't entirely necessary. Like, I honestly don't even think you needed the cryons in this episode. That would have been... In this story, This that would have been fine. We could have done without that. Um, yeah, but the, I, with as far as, like, cutting the cryons out, then you needed something for lit... Litton, like he was helping them. He could have been so, trying to help the people that were enslaved and digging up uh, a Telos, the human. Well, human that's true. So I mean, there's. Right. Hey, I'm Fair no, enough. I am yeah, no. I am to no, your point, no yeah, I, I, I get it. I but the I I liked the the ladies that were drying their nails. There's uh, a lot of hand crayons. acting in this. There was so much hand acting they, and they were sticking with it and it was just so weird and creepy and this like whole it looked like I had also in a fever state uh-huh. had watched Valerian and Oh uh, god. I actually really liked I it. I want to see it. <laughs> I was like, I was I loved it. I was like this is fantastic. It's like these really big uh, imaginative worlds and really yeah. cool things, and I understand why people don't like it, and it did not do well. Um, but in any case, it seemed like you could have taken that race of aliens and put it in that movie, and it totally would have made sense. So I liked <laughs> all of the weirdness of them. So what uh, you're saying is Attack of the Cybermen is much better if you watch Valerian and the Flight of a Thousand <laughs> Cities or whatever, yes. City of a Thousand Planets first. I, I, for me, I actually liked this story. Okay. Uh, a good deal, probably more than I didn't like it. And a lot of that for me was I liked the doctor a lot more in this story than I did in Twin Dilemma. I so agree I felt like that. this was a better, a much better role for Colin Baker. It felt like he was still, you know, he's establishing like that personality uh, that's not so menacing, like where you're going to think he's going to turn on turn on you the Maybe. way it was like you know last time it was like he's strangling perry and whatnot yeah i was I hoping that would perry... be like a running theme throughout the entire series that he just strangles perry every episode but that's, <laughs> right, unfortunately right. that's not happening apparently they touch on it a little bit in a little. this uh in the beginning right so there's like you're still sort of unsure about how stable the doctor is <clears throat> there's that's one of the parts i actually really liked how perry was still kind of worried about the doctor and saying that he wasn't stable and that he kept um, calling her by the wrong names, um, et cetera, which he called slips of the mind, which I thought was a, a nice little phrase. Uh, but then he kind of turns on her, turns around on her and says, this is as stable as I'm going to get. So kind of deal with it, which I guess, I don't know. <clears throat> I, I, I do think he was much more likable with, without completely changing characters. So the character is evolving a bit. And, you know, I, some people were saying that Colin Baker plays this one a little bit lighter and has there's more comedy in it. While that's true, I don't think it's it's nowhere near where I would per, kind of prefer the Doctor to be. But that's fine. It's just a different choice. I think that is yeah. But as making long, yeah, a, right as long as it's some place, yeah. As long as he's, he lands somewhere, somewhere um, consistent. It's funny, you know. Yeah, it's funny the comedy elements in what is one of the darkest episodes as far as people getting killed, Cybermen getting shot in the mouth. Uh, the torture scene Litton's with torture Linton scene. and the bloody stumps of hand. Like, see. That's the stuff that I did not like. It was like, just dial it back a little bit. Yeah. Like, it's it's this silly sort of fun thing in some scenes and in other scenes that you're just, you're going a little hardcore. Yeah, apparently this one was, this uh, story was singled out for the amount of violence that it had. Um, I think I read somewhere also, like, in Australia, they gave it a mature rating, which is one of the only times, one of the only, like, handful of Doctor Who stories that they they did that, specifically for the yeah, violence. I, I mean, how many times have you ever, do you remember seeing blood? Yeah, no. In Doctor Who? Like, Not where really. He's, he's pooling at his, at where his hand stumps were. It's just <laughs> weird, uh, just a weird scene. That trying to figure out the, um, some of the plot elements around... The Cybermen's plan, and again, maybe fever. Why did they need two time ships? Like they have a time ship, right? That they they don't quite understand how to use, and that's a thing. Like yeah, you know, 
And then they want to get the TARDIS as well, so that they have two? Why do they need the second one? Their, their plan didn't rely on having the TARDIS. That was just a bonus time ship. I don't... See, that's weird. It doesn't seem to make right, any but sense. They, why they talk about, like, oh, they well, can't we'll get this the, you know. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what this other time yeah. ship was capable of. I mean, maybe the TARDIS is just a more powerful ship. I, I and here's the other thing that I don't understand. And again, people are gro- groaning. I can hear you groaning, mm-hmm. and I can I, I fully expect the tweets to come in like, duh. But so the the in it's 1985, yes. right? Uh, and it's 1986 that the Earth s- destroy the Cybermen's planet. Correct. Well, that the yes, that the Doctor yes. Right. So where they are next year, obviously in the Doctor's past, this has happened. <clears throat> yes. But in the in a linear timeline, they will destroy the Mondas. Yes. So, but the Cybermen before their planet's been destroyed are already in a position after their planet's been destroyed because they're already with the Cryons and they've already subjugated the Cryons and like how. Shouldn't that have happened after? Shouldn't they be going in the past to stop their home planet from getting destroyed? <laughs> like, how did they? Right. How does it how work? How did they get to 1985? Did the so? Where's the time ship coming from? Because they're waiting for it to arrive or something, and I don't know. But like, the Cryons are already no, enslaved. You're right. Like they've already lost their planet, which only happens after. The destruction the of Mondas. Cybermen's planet gets destroyed, yet we're a year before that event has happened. Right. So they've taken the time ship back already in order to divert Haley's Comet. But they haven't but actually the, diverted Haley's The Cryons aren't on the time ship because they go to the Cryons home planet. So they, they, turn they the took whole all planet of Talos with them. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm sure there's something in there that makes sense i mean obviously in all this time stuff that they're doing no wait a minute angers gallifrey and it's gallifrey that does that signal that draws the the doctor there so that that part was like okay that makes sense but then when i was thinking about it i'm like all right well they go into the plant of the crayons the crayon should be completely in control and everything should be fine you know what I mean? Like, yeah. because they haven't gotten... Yeah. But they're already enslaved. They already hate the Cybermen. They've already... Uh, a warning, you know, they're... they're they, they even say it, like, we've accepted our fate. Because yeah. the Doctor, they bring Wait. up the uh, the idea that it's like, well, if the if you let... Like, it's the in, in the Cryon's best interest for the Earth to get destroyed anyway. Because if that happens, the Cybermen never lose their planet. They never lose their planet. They never invade the Cryon's planet. And then she's like, well, no, we understand that, but we've accepted our fate. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, well, your fate doesn't happen for another year. Unless they are already in that future. I see what you're saying. Like, what's happening on Telos would be something that happens post-1986. Yes. So whenever they – are they in the future? When they get transported to Telos, are they actually not just going through space but also to time? Like, are they in the future there? Maybe we're going in the future to tell us, and we went in the past just to bring up the fact that it happens because the doctor tells Perry it happens a year from now. Right. And they just add that to confuse everybody instead of just having the story take place in the future, and they're trying to get to the past to undo this event, that which wouldn't make, make sense. any sense. So, again, Shoot. Fever, Wait, I'm really uh, confused by it now. <laughs> Perhaps I missed the detail or something, but that's uh, sort of where we're at boy it seemed to make sense um, at the time but i think you need to watch every story while completely in a fever <laughs> state I mean, actually well you saw when i saw how the source code of the universe right. works so i think i'm cracking through everything as a fraud it's, it's all breaking down okay uh one note we so should say important. too and i don't know if this is going to carry over for most of series 22 or season 22 rather uh-huh. is these these stories are in two parts instead of four parts so this was a part one, which is about 45 minutes, and a part two, which is about 45 minutes. Right. I don't love that format. I don't know how you feel about it. Uh, it's fine. It feel yeah, I mean, you get you you can do it in two sittings, I guess, instead of four. And uh, apparently, I tend to... in syndication, it was aired as four parts. So they, they added two cliffhangers um, into it. But, uh, you know, either way, it, it was fine. Um, I actually really liked... Going back to kind of the review of of the story, I liked the first 
episode of the two better. I really like the idea of, so, you know, being set on the TARDIS with the interaction of, of Perry and the doctor and furthering that relationship. Obviously I really like that, but then present day earth seeing, um, Linton and his gang, and they're going to do a diamond heist. I really like that. I thought this could be a really cool genre thing that they're going to do with the story. And that's, does carry through most of the first episode. So I, I kind of like that back and forth where we had what was going on in the TARDIS, and then you see what's going on with Lytton and his crew and how they're going to do it. And then there was the duplicity there where one of his crew, Russell, was actually a, uh, a undercover right, cop, undercover. which was really awesome. So there's a lot of story happening there, going through the tunnels and finally finding the Cybermen and not knowing what Lytton's plan was when he surrenders to them um, was kind of interesting. Side note, since I mentioned him, Russell, the undercover cop, the actor is... Terry Malloy, who played the third, uh, it was the third actor to play Davros. Oh, so they get to reunite in this one. Uh, Lytton and uh, uh, Russell, uh, Terry Malloy as Russell. Apparently, I, I read this, I didn't know this, but uh, that actor was guaranteed a role on Doctor Who later where he didn't have to wear prosthetics. So he got to come back as uh, someone else. Anyway, which I thought was really interesting. So you get to, you get to have, you know, unfortunately he dies at the end of the, the first episode, but um, there was all this other subplot, which was very interesting. But yeah, so then, we can talk a little bit about that. But then, I'm sorry, just say, to finish. Yeah. Then you have a third subplot happening on Telos, where you have the uh, the humanoids that are trying to, the slaves that are trying to escape. Which, so you're cutting between these three stories back and forth, and that just seemed like a lot because not any one of them was moving forward enough. I don't know. It was well, you brought that up that you could, if you were going to cut something. <clears throat> The two slaves plot doesn't need to be there at all. Perhaps. I mean, because they just, right? they just I mean, die at the what end. What did you get out of that? You get nothing. They, they do get gunned down in a hallway, yeah, right? One, that's, one, that's gets, where they, one gets fried against a door, and then the other two get shot down and didn't do anything. And the only thing that came out of that whole thing was that Lytton gets captured, which is kind of what he wanted from the beginning. Obviously, he didn't want to get turned into a Cyberman, but he wanted to get to the Cyberman. Right. Yeah, he's trying to, to, to thwart their them plan. Out. They have. There's no consequence to that to them. They shouldn't be in it. It was sort of cool to see people that you know people that are attempted to be turned into Cybermen that fail, and how what a bummer that must be. Just walking around like I'm not even good enough to be a Cyberman. I got my dumb dumb metal arms, uh, metal arms McGee. And then that other guy is a kind of a horrible person too because he's making his friend wear that dumb hat and the guy can't breathe. I'm like, oh, he's going to die. Did you think he was going to die? I thought he was going to, like, walk him to death because he's saying, I can't breathe. He's trying to sit down. He's like, no, go. Oh, no, I didn't. Nothing happened. It's just a a hard walk. Yeah, I didn't didn't think he would have cared, but no, I didn't think he was going to die. I didn't think their plan was going to succeed. It's just whatever, but yeah. All right, so to back back up a little bit, we have have a um, distress signal originating somewhere from Earth. Mm -hmm. Uh, The doctor goes down to investigate. As you said, simultaneously, we see Lytton, who the last we saw him, and I should point out I was wrong. In Resurrection of the Daleks, we talked. I had assumed that all of the humans working for the Daleks were those clones that they made because we remember he was making a peter davison dalek and a tegan dalek or whatever yep this gets established that he's not a clone uh he's just a mercenary type like a bad dude yep Uh, i guess from a planet of bad dudes or whatever that that do things for money so just a correction on that he's trying to do a diamond heist he's got his little crew together they're going to go into the tunnels but you figure out that he's actually not doing what he says he's doing. He's looking for the Cybermen because I guess he knows they're there mm-hmm. because he had answered a distress signal from the cryons, right? And then he establishes yeah, their, like but long-term I guess it's not the cryons connection. from the future then because he got unless they sent their distress call into right. the past again. How does this doesn't work? make a lot of sense? Um, but they have okay. their little you know uh, you got mail relationship. Him and the the cryon. Uh, woman and i thought they felt like they should have been more of a love thing going on because it was like that's sort of what it was right but you never wow i took it that he you were thwarted there fell in love with that cryon woman and that's why he was doing all this that was because he is a terrible person he was a terrible person in the previous part he was and then all of a sudden all about money deemed in this part it was just about the money like he wasn't was it about the diamonds no was he getting diamonds from them because they like 
cry diamonds or whatever their yeah, gift is. Yeah. So whatever I, his motivation is, yeah, he's he does that. He's got his little crew. I don't with know him. that. I'm sorry. Just to get back to your point. I don't know that he was necessarily redeemed, and I think that's an important thing because that's how the entire story ends with the doctor, kind of. Yeah, that's the point of the story. Flagellating I think, is the himself fact that, that you can't he, judge people. Right, but Linton, he's a mercenary, like a pure mercenary. He would just do whatever someone who paid him. So he worked for. Uh, you know, worked to to free Davros previously. Who knows what other things he did? And he was just working for the Cryons because he's going to get paid, presumably. I don't think there was a love story there. That's entirely okay, a fever that's dream. That's your story. In my story, <clears throat> he was a terrible mercenary until his heart was thawed, ironically, by a frozen woman. That's ironic. Uh, when he fell in love with her and realized that her people were in, in such turmoil, or yet to be in turmoil, as the timeline doesn't quite work out. Yeah. And then he decided that he was going to help them. Uh, and the doctor wishes that he had just said what he was doing and he wouldn't have died. And he dies. I thought also at the end, did you think at the end, I was like, okay, well, he's going to save him or they're at least going to take the body to the cryons and have a funeral or something. Nah, he doesn't leave him there. Just leave, just him. leave the dead body. That's fine. A little half, little dumb half tubes coming out of him and he's, Sort of half a Cyberman. Yeah. Well, he explodes at the end anyway, so... Eh. No big deal. Yeah. D- did Perry say Cyber uh, Man several times? Like, these Cybermans. I, I felt like... Oh, I no. That's just her... Just, that's her the, Baltimore the accent. accent. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, assuming that yeah. that's the case. Although, you're, you're, uh, you're, you're consistently saying Cyberman, which is kind of fun. Said <laughs> <laughs> so the Cyberman. Hey, the Cyberman. The Cyberman. Um, okay, so I just have to mention real quick, um, not to be outdone by the, the doctor's costume, uh, Perry decides to spend the entire story in, uh, the middle of a jazzercise class. She stepped out of her class yes. to, uh, that is a- wow, it was, I mean, she had a nice belt though. The, the pink and teal with the belt was, the, was a nice it's look. It's not a good color. Mm-mm. Uh, you know, I mean, it looked fine on uh, her. She's bouncing. She's like sort of just exploding out of the outfit yeah. it's like uh, 30% cleavage and then the other uh, 60% is belt mm-hmm. um, and then she's just sort of doing her thing and they even get to a point where they have to go to a cold place and they're like you gotta you gotta put something else but on but they didn't could you just put a longer pantsuit on but they didn't she was still freezing there she changes clothes though they put her in a full outfit they do change clothes when she but- go to the tape because she's, yeah, they she's they're she in the frozen they're in, the, in Telos underneath in the tombs, what they call the tombs, in the frozen area, and she completely mimes being cold because she blows on her hands very actorly. She does that. So I no, thought, but she does. They she does get out of that outfit and into another outfit later. Oh, okay, but not at that point when she's when they say it's going to be cold. Anyway, okay. No, so I think no, I think it's right before they go to the thing because I feel like they say you're going to need another outfit. Because you're going to be cold, yeah. and then the next time you see her, she's in a different outfit. I don't think she was that different, because she looked the same. T- okay, sure. I remember that line. I in just don't remember case, her actually changing. Okay. Regardless, what not about the most Perry, important thing. What about Perry, though? What about Perry as a companion? As the whiniest companion? I don't like her. She's like so I, it, She's so whiny, and just, uh I mean... Is it going to get better? She did nearly get strangled to death by the doctor, so... She did. No, I, she should have left. I don't know why she's here. That's, but that I, is the I'm real problem. I'm finding her... I'm finding her less than enjoyable. I don't know. Yeah, she she is very whiny, but she doesn't seem to be serving a whole lot of other purpose. Like some other, when some other companions have a character trait that isn't necessarily the best, they at least have some other redeeming qualities that at least you know serve the story. For example, Adric, not necessarily the best character to start off with, but at least he served a function until Nisa came along and then you know did that thing for him better. Um, so I don't see what Perry's really bringing to the table except for her, um, her strong Baltimore attitude. So, yeah, she's she's not, she's not doing great. I, I wrote down she's that she, how whiny she is. I'm scared, Doctor. You don't seem to understand that. So she just keeps like, she doesn't like him, and she's also no, terrified. yeah, they have a very, they don't have a great relationship. It's not good. Um, but you know, I don't hate her, and I'm still no. open to it, and uh, it's fine. But to have, it's all good. but to have two main characters that I'm not terribly fond of is <laughs> no, difficult. It's not, good, it's not a good period. And no. as I said, I do, I did like this story 
in terms of what we've seen so far, I would not put this on a list, any list of my favorite uh, stories. So Yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing that kills me in this, um, and it just runs throughout, and I noted it towards the beginning of the story, is how uneven the music is throughout. Sometimes it was okay. It was just, you know, faded into the background. But for the most part, it was just terrible, terrible synth music. Completely inappropriate. Like when they, so the, the, the TARDIS, they end up, which is really nice for, for the fans, shows up at the scrapyard. Uh, I am Foreman's scrapyard, which was very cool. Yeah, that was cool. The music that they play in the background is some weird, like, carnival thing that's just, it just doesn't fit yeah, it's, it, throughout the entire I, I story. Agree. It was distracting and it just bothered me and made the whole experience less than it already yeah, was. It feels very disjointed and in, in, uh, that feels to be as a result of not having enough time and maybe not caring as much whoever's overseeing all of these yeah. things or, or whatever the reason is. It, I, I agree with you. But we should talk about that. Yeah. Um, at that, the or not about that necessarily, but about the TARDIS yes. in that they fix the chameleon circuit. Basically, he, and then the he's TARDIS fixing starts it. working. He's trying to fix it. It doesn't quite. But work. But then all of a sudden, at the end, it and maybe I blacked out. But all of a sudden, it was back to the normal TARDIS appearance. Yes. When it should have changed, but it didn't. It didn't. So is it broken again? Yes. And I missed the line no. where they said it broke. I don't again? think they explained it. I think it's just broken again. All right, because it was working. It turned into a piano, and it turned well, into a... Uh, it was sort of working. Fancier. In that it was changing, but it wasn't changing appropriately, which is the running gag. So, it, you know, it turned into a big fancy wardrobe in the middle of the scrapyard. It turned into yes. a pipe organ, and then it turned into a gate, which was right. strange. So none of those really worked. It was changing, but it wasn't actually fixed. So I think... Yeah, and, and, and then I the think end, the doctor had said, like... Yeah, the doctor's like, it's learning, or it's whatever. It's, it's out, yeah, it's been and out then of it practice, was, yeah. Yep, and then it goes back to the police box, and he's like, you know, he taps it, he's happy to see it. Yeah. But I was like, okay, well, why was that a part of this? Why bother? Yeah. And, yeah, are they going to fix it, and then in some other story it's going to break permanently, or we just never, they'll never bring this up again, and it'll go, it'll always be a police box. Yeah, I mean, again, it is strange. From here on. There, there's that, and, and the fact that they go to um, Trotter's Lane to uh, Foreman's Scrapyard, both of those things are... You know, touching on the bigger mythos of uh, of Doctor Who, but they don't serve any purpose. So, you know, like you said, the chameleon circuit that works for a little bit, and it's kind of funny, I guess, because the Doctor, you know, plays the pipe organ, and they can't figure out how to get into it. And, okay, I guess that's fine. Maybe it was just for the levity of it. Nothing really comes to the fact that they go to the scrapyard. He does have a nice line where he is talking to... Uh, Talking to Perry and calls her Sarah. Oh, sorry, calls her Susan. Jesus, I'm sorry. Uh, calls her Susan. Um, so that was okay, but it didn't further anything. It was just kind of a throwaway when it could have been no, more I mean, interesting. I, again, he's still sort of unstable. And then when he says it again, when he sees Foreman uh, and he says it, you know that he's not crazy. She right. thinks he's still misprint you know yeah. mis- getting her name wrong so that sort of was nice that was a cool little it was cool it just thing. didn't but yeah do anything it did it doesn't it doesn't pay off eh. really um what else what else do we have for the story i mean what about that queen or, or she's not a queen necessarily but the the leader of the cryons the one she who was trapped whole thing where she's going to suicide bomb herself yeah. uh but before that we have to watch her sort of melt to death like there's so many scenes in this that are just like these long extended scenes of brutality for no yeah. reason yeah they throw her out in the warmth and you know that you know they have to be under zero degrees uh nope no, she's just gonna she get starts bubble yeah and and it was actually and, it was kind of an was it her no it was the other one when they have a fight with the um with the cybermen and one of the one of the cryons gets killed it was actually a kind of cool effect it was like this kind of brilliant white as she's you know boiling to death and then right flast also uh similar thing so yeah there's no need for that um just yeah, random like, death like everywhere spe- yeah i like that species though and i like the concept of Did a you species like- that has has to be cold the the, the costume- i didn't mind any of the makeup i mean i think I it, was it wasn't horrible. perfect but it was it was interesting i mean i i haven't really seen anything like that again it felt very like elongated and sort of 
just weird. I liked it. Listeners, just so you know, you Eric like is moving uh, in a very Stevie Nicks sort of uh, witchy woman. <laughs> uh, well, dude, I love Stevie Nicks. Uh, I mean, come on. Which is nice. I, no, I, I... Stevie Nicks should have been the new doctor. I ab- <laughs> that'd be amazing. I really dislike the crayons. The, the, the mask makeup was horrible. Um, it just looked like... What a, about the vocal delivery? The, I mean... The way that they speak was terrible. <laughs> the fact that the ladies, you know, the, actually the rest of the costume was just just ridiculous. Spandex with like a uh, uh, silly little capes and like it, it just little looked it looked capes. so bad. Yeah. And they had these long fingernails, so every one of the actresses just kept moving their fingers the whole time. And there's one scene when they're all with Perry. And they're in a hallway, and there's four of them around her, and they all bring yes. their fingertips around her face and behind her. Yes. And they're just wiggling their fingers. I don't know why. I can't – yeah, I can't disagree with any of that. It was horrible. <laughs> I mean, you're 100% right, but for whatever reason, I'm okay with it. You're, I don't know what that says you about just like, me. But, yeah, you like the that concept. scene was very – you like the concept that of the aliens in the hallway. that had to, yeah, that's horrible. That had to be, you know, exist only in cold and yeah, that's that's interesting, I guess. But the, I don't know. The finger acting just kind of killed me. Eh, so there's that. Uh, so so we uh, we talked about the slaves. We talked about. So let's talk about them a little bit. Um, a little bit more. So their their plan was to escape. Um, it they were going to use, I guess, the time ship to escape. Whatever ship they were going to take needed three people to fly it. Yes. Okay. And that was, I guess, why they needed the head of the Cybermen. Well, it was important that they had the head because they needed that to fly the ship. Right. Because they were going to have a third right? person. That guy apparently dies in the in the escape or what have you. Right. So they're they're going to get ahead of a Cyberman. How are they? So, how is it so easy for them to just overpower the Cybermen throughout? Well, they. They used a series of nods and winks, so they knew when it was time to turn on them. Yeah. I, I don't know. They, they're over a hill, uh, and this one cyber patrol comes waltzing up the hill, and they just jump out and, like, take a stance. It's like a full five seconds as he kind of winds up the bat and just smacks his head, like, not literally yeah. knocks his head off. Literally, no, and then with they, yeah, a they pipe, break knocks his head control. off. It just makes no sense. So that's cool. No, it wasn't a well-thought-out plan. And the the fact that the ship requires three people at minimum uh, is said many times, or or two people uh, so and a, a head, as the other requirement. Yeah. So that like, what does the head do? You just need somebody. But then they to... aren't going to use the head because they they want to scoop out the innards so we can wear it like a mask and sneak no, it in. Makes, it, that's yeah. It doesn't it doesn't really add up unless they don't they just they don't realize you need three people. No, they say it. And they needed the head. To just get past security, maybe that was his plan. Always was to dress his friend up as a Cyberman to do the old. This is my prisoner. I mean, I don't right. know. Who knows? Touching on that, that the head for a second, uh, because I found this to be odd. At least, maybe, maybe it's just in in our current Doctor Who uh, incarnations of the Cybermen. They are a mix of mechanical and organic. So it's a humanoid that has had their parts, re- some parts removed and replaced with the machine. Um, we see, you know, in, the, in later who now, like, uh, Bill cries when she's a Cyberman and like the tears come out, whatever. So there's, there's organics in the head, but now twice. So either they knock the head off and are going to scoop out all of the, all of the remaining skull candy inside there and pull it all out and wear a big bloody helmet that seems weird. Also, when the but then again, when the doctor has his plan to distract the Cybermen because they their one weakness is they can't leave a leave a fallen guy behind, uh, he sets off right. a yes. which is stupid. Yeah, that's they, dumb. if they get a distress that's call, dumb. that they have, they have to, to respond to it. I'll put a pin in that for a second. So he finds a, a dead Cyberman, rips open the the head, and there's just a big glowing button in there that he pushes. So there's, <laughs> no, it so there's nothing. Like, where are the human parts? There's no right? human it's just parts. A robot. It's just all robot, right? You just build robots. You don't need humans. I guess not. Just build robots. Yeah. It seemed that seemed strange. So I mean, maybe it's just an inconsistency about how the what the idea of the Cyberman has become over the years. But that seemed really strange to me. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's conversion. Maybe yeah. the only way that you can build the robot is piece by piece. Adding a part and then removing a part, and I don't know. It's it's really strange. Uh, the 
question about the whole previous episode or previous story, Resurrection of the Daleks. Yeah. So at the end of that, um, what's his name? Linton. Uh, Linton escapes, and he has two cops with him. I don't. I remember. think there were three of them walking away at the end. Where are the two cops? So we see two cops still on Earth. We see the two. We see two cops. We in do this see story. In, in this. Right. Yeah. What's your question? Are they still on Earth? Well, we see two cops from the, from the first from the beginning of the first story when we have the heist going on and the, and Linton's yes. gang's going from place to place. You see them getting followed by two cops, and then they right. have a and fight with the two cops. And then the doctor and Perry uh, pull guns on them. Yeah. Remember? And yep. then and they the get doctor handcuffed comes up and he's dressed as the cop. Yeah. Right. Oh, I'm so where are they, they now? Don't kill those. That's what I'm saying. Like, oh. so are are they? They're they're not regular police. No. Like, so they're they're either Dalek clones. Right. Maybe. Or they're bad guys that work for, like, where are they now? Right. Are they just still wandering around Earth? What is their story is what you're trying to say. Can we what get a big story? finished and, and story I, about I, I'm them? I'm also trying to fi- find out, are they uh, Dalek clones? Because they had a whole scene in Resurrection of Dalek showing they can make clones of people within seconds, <laughs> as we saw. Sometimes within seconds. They had a Tegan ready to go. Yeah. Um, were the police those things, and are they still under Dalek control? Are they, you know, we'll never see them again. We'll never see them that. again. But I was just wondering, you know, Linton's with them, and then they're part of his plan, but then they disappear, and no one mentions them again. Yeah, you're right. They do just kind of disappear. I, I don't know. Yeah, they're in that scene. As far as I know, that's the last time we see them. The doctor, they get the they gun. Slip and the they slip the handcuffs, and the they're tables. out. Yeah. Oh, and, the, and Perry... What does she do to get the the cops got a gun on her, and she well she throws something at him like dust brick or something, dust. and he drops the gun. Yeah, he somehow. covers his face because she threw brick dust in his eyes, and she grabs the gun. That's a, come on. Yeah, there's a lot of gunplay. Terrible play. fake cop that guy is. There's a lot of gunplay in this uh, story, which I guess we should just yeah, get too used much to. Guns. I mean, too much it's, guns. D- doctor shooting the gun, all the doing like rolls and stuff at the end. There's that like terribly choreographed oh, action God. scene yes that Ugh. scene oh my god I, I had to write down exactly what happened because it was just so horrible but we had the doctor with Lytton Lytton who's half converted um, Lytton saying like kill me the doctor hands him a, <laughs> hands him a knife it's a show for kids, it's for kids. <laughs> I don't want to live Mur- uh, murder me um, cyber uh, leader I guess it was or what which one was it? Was it the cyber leader or was it the cyber controller? Whatever. Comes over to Linton. He cyber stabs controller. him and green fluid goes everywhere. He drops the gun. The doctor grabs the gun just as two more cybermen come in. The doctor shoots one. That one spins around and shoots the other one who then shoots yeah. him back again. Yeah. And then the doctor shoots the cyber controller. There's a lot of shooting. It's a lot of Not shooting and a lot of violent stabbing. The green it's flying just, everywhere and just stab, it's stab, stab. Horrifying. It was a yeah, lot. I, I, I'm dialing. Even though I said I sort of like the story, it's, it's not good. Yeah, I mean, I mean plus, the more I think about it, you had. Like, oh, okay. So there's so that whole horrible yeah. and that choreogra- choreography. You're right. It was just ridiculously bad. Then let's just jump back to the end of the first part of the story. Why are there like twenty thousand Cybermen inside the TARDIS? How did they all get in there? Why is the TARDIS just full of Cybermen? I don't know. How did they get it? Oh, well, they had taken it over, right? How? So they, they Remember that the Cybermen get into the TARDIS, How? right? And then How did they, get into they the have TARDIS? Perry as a uh, hostage. Well, did Perry let them in? I can't remember how they actually yeah, got in. Yeah, that's what I'm did saying. They... How did they actually get in? I don't know. I, I can't mean, remember. I mean, I, they... again, I was in a fever state, so maybe... <laughs> I mean, did I just, they lead the doctor? I, I did guess the I, doctor no, lead them there? No, because they go in and Perry? there's Cybermen there. And it's just full of Cybermen. They're having a party. There's a couple guys in the back <laughs> are baking a cake. I, I don't know why it was full of them. Isn't it supposed to be... Maybe Perry let them in. I don't isn't know. Isn't it supposed to be impregnable? Like, that's part of it. Like, very few beings can get into... Is that only when it's in flight? Did Perry leave the door open? How did they get in? Okay. I'm sorry. Just bugs me. I don't now, know how that happened. And then it ends up with gunplay in the control room, in the console room. Uh, Russell shoots one in the mouth, like you said, with a gun. Just just bullet right to the, right to yeah, the brain. Yeah, rough. 
very rough. And then he gets shot. Now this and dies. This director only did he only do this this story and Resurrection? Are these his only two credits? This would be the the second of the two that he's done. Uh, yeah, I yeah I think that's so it. Just that's this it. for yep. him, right? Because I, I I didn't think he was the best uh, director, but who knows what conditions he was working under? But yeah, I didn't like. But you're right. I mean, I think you hit on some things that are interesting, which is there are, were a lot of cool things, like the back and forth thing in the beginning where it's like, you, you know, you got a heist movie going on. Yeah. And it felt very adult. Like, it did. It felt like this is not quite a kid's thing and in, in, in a good way. Like, they're... Mature. You know, that part was yeah. cool. And then you have all this other stuff in back and forth. So there's... It wasn't totally terrible, but the, the parts that the action scenes and some of the choices and how long some scenes went on I, I felt like was not not the best work we've seen yeah yeah it what's funny just not not to dwell on the gunplay too much more just one more thing it was i found it interesting when we still think it's a diamond heist and um Linton has his crew there and he he brings out this gun that he's going to use for the heist and they're all all the criminals are taken aback by this gun like, hey, I didn't sign on for this. I mean, I might be a horrible, hardened criminal, but no guns. So he has this this gun that he's yeah. Well, it's not an America, Dan. Right. This is. I mean, maybe I'm just a little sensitive to it at the at the moment, but it just seemed that was interesting that that happened. And then throughout the rest of the story, guns, 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 guns. People dying everywhere. Guns. Uh, it just seems strange that they would even make reference to it, and then all of a sudden, just oh, whatever. We'll just yeah. lean into it and kill everything. All right. So do you have do you have anything else for this one? Oh, you're done with it already, are you? Uh, I think. I mean, do we have anything? I was just going to ask you <laughs> if you didn't, um, you know, comparing it to uh, Twin Dilemma about how you're feeling about the Doctor. But if you have more stuff about the particular story, we should cover that first. No, I, I will say I'm liking him better, even if he is going to be erratic and unstable, even though he says the contrary. I'm in, I'm I'm intrigued by it, at least. I want to see where he's going to go with it. Um, as he settles in and kind of figures out what the character is. So, yes, I like him better. That's fine. I will yeah, say I mean, I, I will say at one moment, Joe walked by as I was watching this on TV and said, is that David Hasselhoff? <laughs> so <laughs> that was kind of fun. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I would agree with you. I mean, I, I'm, I, feel, I feel better having watched this, even though we talked about all the bad things about it, yeah. than I did watching Twin Dilemma, where I feel like, okay... I can see it getting better, and I can see this doctor getting better yeah. over time. So I, I feel like, uh, you know, because watching some of the twin dilemmas, like, oh boy, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know how I'm gonna get through this, this run. But so this is well, I gotta say, better than where we were. The first, maybe the first three quarters of this story, I was, I was okay with it, and I was, I was interested. The last quarter of it, I actually just wrote down, I'm counting down till it's over, and I just kept checking the time on it. <laughs> It just it just dragged on and and, and the well, points didn't make any sense to me. I, yeah. Do you think that a lot of that has to do with the fact that we're now watching forty five minutes, whereas like you get a sort of a break when it's the end of the episode, at least know. for me, where it's like twenty four minutes. Sometimes it's easier to justify watching through some pointless scenes. No, uh, I mean because it was because it was at the 30 end. Thirty minutes in, and you're like fifteen minutes left. No, I, I mean. Maybe, but to me, it was just because it, it, was, it was at the end where there were all these different plots that kind of came together. And then by that point, the C plot of the criminals going to the time ship and then getting killed for without any serving any purpose, that had happened. So this is just this is just and the finger Speaking acting was happening. Just oh, yeah. so much Speaking bad stuff cri- happened at the end. Right. Was, Speaking of criminals. Yes. Who is the dope that is like the guy? He's like the real bad guy, not the guy that's a cop, but the bad guy yes. that's like his sidekick that gets captured with Griffiths, him. yeah, I think. How long did it take for that guy to realize that his friend was an alien? Like, <laughs> Linton pretty much says, I'm not human. I'm an alien. Yeah. Uh, I want to work for you, yes. Cybermen. And then, like, five minutes later, the guy's like, hey, maybe we can get out of here if we say this, because, you know, these... It's like, he's an alien! Right, like he, right. You haven't... He hasn't... It, he's so dense, he hasn't figured it out. He still thinks this is another human dude that they're going to rob something. It's like, oh, for God's sakes. And he... What, when the when a guy that you're working for, standing next to you, says, I'm an alien... Yeah. 
He didn't even flinch. When he says this, he didn't even look over. When he says this in like, front of what? like robot monsters, yeah, you should just <laughs> business as usual. No, no, nothing going on here. Struggling too. Maybe because he was thinking of something else and he didn't realize what the guy was saying. I thought that was a little. I was like, "You're not gonna act this." Nope. No, unless, unless this guy has a line. Nope. He's not acting. <laughs> I'm just gonna you're wait. Not getting, you're not getting. You get no reaction from that guy. <laughs> he should have did one of those like wide eye, rubbed his eyes, and like, uh -huh. you know, look up what, tossing the beer bottle behind him. Um. Oh, another thing that is actually not important necessarily, but something to note: we have a new Sonic device. So he has, yeah, he has a Sonic. Right? What is that? The Sonic Lance. So it's like a Sonic knife. Interesting, but this is the first they Sonic they've had since uh, the visitation when they wrote out the Sonic screwdriver. So that's interesting. I mean, we have one. It just, it's, it's just the same old thing of like I'll just use this as my multi-purpose device that can kind of get us out of any plot device that we need. And assuming there's more than one of these, because he leaves it behind. It's, it's used as a trigger for the the bomb that takes forever to go off. Yeah. Uh, it just needed to warm up enough. You literally watch people moving f packages and furniture around that room. What were like, they doing on. in there? What? I don't know. They had left moving boxes. Right. They <laughs> had no left in there. Flast in there for who knows how long. She was just imprisoned in this storage room for some reason. The she makes a point of saying that the Cybermen left this material behind, this combustible material behind because they didn't realize that it wasn't that it was combustible over when it gets warm enough. And there's just so much of it. It's just a common mineral. So they just have it left there, and she's trapped in the storage room. But then at the end, it's just full of Cybermen moving boxes around. Because now all of a sudden, they, yeah. it didn't seem to make any sense. Nope. Okay. Okay, good. Sense. I didn't miss anything there. It's all good. Um, is it? It's, so this it's, is the end of... This is not the end of the Cybermen, right? Are we supposed to believe the Cybermen are also existing? Because they all get killed at the end. I mean... And everyone we see gets killed. Oh, this isn't as as far as a race of aliens. I don't. I don't think we're supposed to. Assume, I mean, we know they come back anyway, so I don't know if this is the last that we see them in in classic. Who I'm guessing not. I'm guessing we're gonna see him again. But yeah, I can't remember the the Cybermen story we did before this to even remember what the fate of the Cybermen was or where they're supposed to be or what they're supposed to be doing. The other thing we didn't actually talk about quickly is just that it does reference um, a story we did do, um, Tomb of the Cybermen which was uh, from mm -hmm. Troughton. So they talk about the cyber controller because uh, the doctor assumed that the cyber controller died in that story. Um, yeah, I mean, but that, and that also took place on Telos? Tomb of the Cybermen uh, was on Telos? Yes, right? I don't remember. I don't really remember. I think that's right. I could always look that up. Um, so, I mean, it was just interesting that they... Yeah, it does. It took, took place in Telos in the 25th century. So, in the future? Wait, so that doesn't make sense. None of it makes oh sense. Oh, my God. Wait, no, when no. you start to think about so it... So, I'm reading this. Like, the 25th century... Because it's a big deal. Right. So... It doesn't make sense. They, he thought he was destroyed, but then they're back in time. Did they... They must have... They, we must have missed a whole chunk of story. They just didn't bother to show us where they had a time right. ship and went back in time. Right, and they do have a time took, ship. Like, we know they Telos have a time back, ship. But they took a whole planet back in time. I guess. But <laughs> also, the fact that they have this time ship is a big deal. It's huge. Like, it, you don't get the sense that they have time travel before. No. So it's, like, a different thing. They don't really You're know right, how to use it. You're right, because they don't really know how to So they didn't use it yet. I don't no, understand. So it's, yeah, it's got a lot of weird... It doesn't make any sense. I feel like when they're when you're writing it, you're like, oh, it happened in the past because it happened years ago. Not like you're not caring that the timeline of whatever about the show that has time travel as a central premise. They didn't bother to. I mean, hey, people who are listening to this right now, if we are completely off base, please feel free to correct us. Um, you can tweet at us or send, they us, will. send us an email. I know we have in the past they been corrected. Will. I know someone in particular is going to be uh, tweeting at us. He, he's already uh, frothing at the mouth and, and, and uh, yeah. yelling at us right now. So please, I, we're, we, we are genuinely it, so. confused by this. So I'm going to do, I'm going to have to go look this up because I didn't realize that until you kind of pointed it out, Eric. I didn't realize how disjointed it was. So I'm sorry that I didn't go try to find like a flow chart and diagram this myself. So, if anyone can explain it to us, please tell us or confirm to us that it's just bonkers and doesn't actually make sense. That'd be great. All right. But so that is that is this one. Yeah, wait, more? Nope. I was gonna say our next story is Vengeance on Varos. Is it just uh, as so, good? 
I'm hoping it's just as good. Yeah, don't know anything about it, uh, even less about that one than I did about this one. Great, great, great. That is going up, or that, yeah, that will go up on... March 28th. March 28th, yep. So you will need to have watched it before the 25th, Yeah, I think. Well, uh, well, which uh, is that Sunday, so get us some feedback, uh, the old Doctor Who show. We'll tweet at you guys to uh, see if we can get any uh, information from you guys, what you thought about that, just like we did with this one. So... On Twitter, um, we had asked you folks uh, what your thoughts were, and we got a, a few responses here. Uh, our friend Daniel Smith says, uh, Attack of the Cybermen is personally my favorite Colin Baker story, and if in your review you aren't impressed with this, well, then you're out of luck, really, because this is as good as it gets. Uh-oh. <sighs> but, <laughs> but Vengeance on Virus seems to be popular, and I did enjoy trial, uh, The Trial of a Time Lord. Okay. We... We do like this Colin Baker story better than the one and a bit of Colin Baker we've seen previously. So, so okay, so far, Daniel, we're in agreement with you. This is our favorite Colin Baker story in terms of his yes, performance. I would agree anyway, with that. Um, looking forward to Vengeance and Virus, though, and uh, t- Trial of a Time Lord. Uh, uh, Paul Farber says uh, Colin Baker delivers a comical performance facing Cybermen who threaten two planets. By contrast, everyone the Doctor and Perry meet perish. Boy, howdy, do they. Uh, ambitious story packed with confusing amount of continuity uh, casual fans won't appreciate. Hold that. Uh, still potential epic, but doesn't quite deliver. So Paul is saying this is an ambitious story packed with, con- with a confusing amount of continuity casual fans will appreciate. If you're referring to the fact that it actually specifically talks about previous stories, like the Tenth Planet and the Destruction of Mondas, uh, Tomb of the Cybermen, and uh, the Resurrection of the Daleks, that's true. I mean, if you were a casual fan and hadn't seen those stories uh, or kind of knew that, that history, a lot would be mi- kind of just being lost on you. But if you're talking about continuity problems, um, Paul, please explain to us how the continuity of the story works with the time travel and, and moving Telos into the past, because I seriously don't get it. So, Paul, I'm looking at you, buddy. Please help us out. Uh, lastly, uh, Nerdy Shelty says to us, I think this is uh, the worst one of his run. <laughs> FYI, Colin Baker was told to play the Doctor as unlikable. It was written that way. I really think he would have been fine with a different production team and not being in that horrible costume. Yeah, I agree with that. It's unfortunate think, uh, we'll never know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know the part about him being told to be unlikable or not. Yeah. Uh, but I think he would be fine with a different uh, production team and the costume or whatever. Because, as I mentioned, like the big finish stuff that I've heard is good. So I think if you get the right story, uh, Colin Baker is a good enough actor that it, it could have been good. Yeah, I don't have any I don't have any doubt that he's a good actor. I think everything we've seen, he actually is a good actor. It's just uh, strange choices for whatever reason, unfortunately. So thank you, uh, folks, for responding to us on Twitter there. We also have a note um, from the website, from theolddoctorwhoshow.com on the uh, Twin Dilemma episode page. Um, someone, uh, oh no, sorry, this is from the Podbeam app. I don't know the yeah, Podbeam, the Podbeam uh, Android app, but apparently you can write reviews on the individual apps. Interesting. Okay, it says, uh, this person seems to say, uh, I seem to recall hearing that they didn't let Colin Baker play the Doctor the way he wanted. Certainly from the Big Finish audios, he's certainly a competent Doctor. Hey, are you the person that just reviewed that? Because that's exactly what you just said. <laughs> um, that's interesting. I really would have liked to see Colin Baker play it in a different way, um, but... Maybe I'll uh, take a listen to some of the big finish and see uh, see what he could have been instead. Yeah, no, I would definitely recommend those. Those are really good. Cool. Um, yeah, so that does that cover all of our feedback? That's our feedback. If you guys we need more feedback, so if you want to write us, and we will read whatever you write, uh, that's the old Doctor Who Show at gmail dot com. Yep, that's email. That's a great way to get your point across. <laughs> email, email. It's, it's the future. It's, it's for writing. Uh, iTunes reviews. Now that's where we really need you guys to shine. Uh, we look at the stats. We know there's a lot of you listening, and uh, we only have twenty something. I don't know, twenty five reviews or something. At least in the U.S. store. I know some of you are abroad, yeah. and we do get those every few weeks. We'll get a a collection of any of those that have come in. So thank you. Give us a written review. Thank you for come those. 
Uh, yeah, we will read whatever you write, uh, whatever review you put up, we will read. Uh, what else do we have, Dan? Uh, as far as people getting in touch with yeah, us. Yeah, Twitter is a good way to do that. Um, check out the actual the show page. You can go to the old com and you can uh, check out the episode page that'll have um, the synopsis. It'll have all of the gifts that we put together from that story. Uh, those gifts will also be on our Instagram account, which is uh, where is that, Eric? That's a. Uh, that's uh, Instagram. T O D W show, yep. I think. It's the same, same as, as our Twitters. Our Twitter. T O D W show. T O D W show on Instagram or T O D W show on Twitter. Or you can go to Facebook, which is T O D W S, the oddball out. That was yeah. the one that doesn't have the T O D W show. So sorry about I that. Should change that, and I haven't. Eh, who cares? Uh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> okay. All right, so is that it? That's it, everybody. Else? Thank you for listening. All right, well, thank you for sitting through with us. Sitting through with us. I think it's got to be. All right, bud. All right, bye, everybody. All right, I'll see you, everyone. See ya. Peace.